Good morning, it's Real Estate Daily, and this is your guru, and we've got a great topic today. It's the money-making topic. It's the topic that we actually get paid to do, and that is negotiation. A lot of people think, oh, agents, they just unlock doors. They drive us around. They show us a tour of the town through the lens of, of looking at homes. But no, actually how you make your money and how you'll eventually impress your client is through negotiation. And we're talking about the negotiation of items. The crazy negotiation of items. My goodness sakes, people all the time, you take them to a home and they say, well, can I have that? Is that included? Is this light fixture included? Is the carpet included? Is the throw rug included? What's included? in the contract and of course we're sitting standing there as the agent thinking oh my goodness sakes quit quit asking because it gets crazy by the way good morning i hope you're sitting sipping a cup of coffee as i am this morning it's monday morning it's the last day of january we are headed into february and the market is crazy hot okay so here we have a crazy hot market. You've got clients and they want to negotiate stuff. You ever had a client? By the way, put into the, the comments about things that clients have asked you to negotiate. We had a client a few years ago that pointed to a picture on the wall. It was a picture. It was a picture of the people's family. And they wanted the picture because they liked the frame and the stuff, not necessarily the pictures in it with the frame and things like that and he said i want that and i said to him you're actually asking me to go and negotiate for a chattel a piece of personality that's crazy for heaven's sakes what can be negotiated for is the topic today what kind of items well ultimately i'll tell you as an attorney anything can be negotiated but what the question bigger question and more on point is what is smart to negotiate? Let's talk about collectibles. Because people go into a home. I was in a home years ago. My wife is a crazy Disney fan. She loves Disney. They had a room dedicated to Disney. It had some of the most unique things. I don't know where the person got them or how they got a hold of it. But they had some of the most unique Disney things. They had a like a 30-inch wooden Mickey, a Mickey, a wooden Mickey Mouse. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. These are collectible items. So we listed the home and we would show the home. Of course, the children would go in that room and fall in love with it. And the first thing clients would say is, is that included? Is that 30-inch wooden Mickey Mouse? Probably, probably worth thousands of dollars. Is that included? No, it's not included, by the way. It's not affixed to the home. You know, let's go over the standard rule for items that are automatically included with the home, unless otherwise called out. So we need to at least lay, lay out some foundation here. If the item is permanently affixed to the home, it is considered... Realty. 
So if it's if it's been screwed in to the studs in the wall, it's not just a picture. It has a little nail in the sheetrock, and the picture is hanging on that nail. That picture is not affixed to the home. The, the nail, maybe, even though most people want those pulled out and 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 the whole <laughs> the whole fixed. So if it's been permanently affixed to the home, well, then it's considered realty. That makes the refrigerator not realty. That makes many of the stove systems, the oven stove that just it floats around, it's not part of the, the cabinetry. It just is a freestanding stove. That makes it not part of the realty. Even though we like to think of those items, and certainly buyers like to think of these items as realty. What else is not part of the realty? We're coming back to collectibles, by the way. I'm working my way into the area of collectibles. So what else is not realty? Well, guess what? The washer and dryer are not realty. Had a deal a few years ago where the people said, and this is like a half million dollar home. And they said, I want that washer and dryer. And I said, the washer and dryer is old. It's worth like $600. You're going to base the purchase of your home upon an old washer. Are you out of your mind? They wanted it. We included it in. And the people laughed and said, they don't even hardly work. You're welcome to have them. <laughs> you never know. Anything can be negotiated. What is smart to be negotiated and what is actually part of the realty. Well, if it's part of the realty, much more difficult to negotiate to for them to negotiate out unless they call it, unless the seller calls it out because it's been affixed to the home. Okay, collectibles, things like Mickey Mouse sitting around, difficult to negotiate, should not be negotiated. If people have collectibles, let me tell you about collectibles. These are personal collections, often worth a bunch of money. People aren't interested in you and giving their collections away with the home. Why would they be? These are collections that have taken a long time to collect. It's a collection. Hello? It's a collection. But I, I know how attractive collections can be. I mean, they can be attractive to children. They can be attractive to adults. They're fascinating. But this is something the people themselves have taken time to collect. And it's not part of the realty in any manner. Okay, collections versus antiques. So let's talk antiques because they're different than collections. A lot of times things can be an antique. And they are affixed to them. For example, you can have an old armoire, you know, the wardrobe, an old wooden wardrobe sitting in a room that's been screwed to the wall that is being used as the closet. That is part of the realty. It's been affixed to the home permanently with screws. It's being used as the closet. Maybe there isn't in, the, in that type of a home, often older homes. They don't even have another closet. Well, another closet doesn't even exist. That is the closet. Well, that kind of an antique 
even though can be quite valuable, certainly is part of the home. It's expected to be part of the home. It's been affixed, and unless called out in the contract, otherwise it comes with the home. I had, in my current home, I have an old-fashioned, and some of you will know what this is, farm sink. And we've been here like 15 years. And the sink, double sink, built-in drain boards on each side. It's an old-fashioned farm sink. We negotiated the home, went to move in. We were here when, when, when the owners were leaving. He was undia unplumbing it, taking the plumbing. He was taking it out. I said, stop. What are you doing? That's part of the home. He said, that's our favorite sink. Well, you should have called it out in the contract. And to this day, I own the sink because it was part of the home. It was affixed. It was plumbed in. That is part of the realty of the home. Okay. Hey, if you just take a moment, hit that like button. I would love it if you take a moment, hit the like button. Also, open up the Guru Members Only Events by hitting the subscribe button. All you have to do is hit that subscribe button. We are getting ready this Wednesday to launch in on a multi-part series. You're not going to want to miss. It's building your business plan, and we go in depth on building your personal business plan to build your business in 22, and we do it in the on the Guru Members-only events. Hit the subscribe button. Open that up for yourself. You can go to Facebook. We have right here. We have the the at web address for the Facebook. We also have the web address for the, for the other locations that you can go to. Our YouTube channel, of course, that you might be watching this on. Of course, you can be watching this on F Facebook as well. This morning, we're all, we're streamed into multiple locations. So. Take, take a peek there, like us, whether in social media, follow us in social media. We are all the time trying to build your business. That is the goal, is to build your business. I have a personal, I've been, I have been lucky in life to be able to build a wonderful, wonderful business. I want to help you build an amazing business for you and your family. Let's work together to build that business. All right, let's get back over to negotiation. Tools of the trade is the next topic. Because tools, I'll tell you, my wife loves tools. I love tools. You know, a lot of us love very specific tools, but tools are crazy expensive. Tools can, can run a lot of money, and sometimes rare tools can be hard to find. But tools, by their very nature, that they are what's called a channel or personality, they're not part of the standard contract. The person is walking away with their own tools. And particularly if we're talking tools of the trade. You, you, for example, you may have a welder 
that has his own welding unit at home. Maybe it's portable. Maybe he takes it with him. Maybe he stores it in the garage. This is personality and does not go with the home. Air compressors are a difficult item that people often want the air compressor left because they'll say, well, it's a fixed. Well, it kind of is. It, that's one of those crossover areas that it kind of is. Quite literally on a legal standard, the majority of the air compressors are not considered plumbed in. They are simply attached by a quick-release valve that any air compressor could be could be put. It's not like my sink that's permanently in and would have to be dismantled. So I've got a 300-gallon air compressor out in the shop. It feeds a system of lines that goes all over the shop for air tools. He already had the system in when I, I moved here. He took his air compressor. Of course he did. It wasn't part of the realty. I had to go and buy another air compressor to plug into the system. That's okay. That's expected. I didn't negotiate for a, his air, personal air compressor. By the way, it was old and I didn't want it. But nevertheless, even if it was brand new, it would have been a separate negotiation. Let's break down just real quick here. While we're in tools of the trade and unique things, you can have a yacht. Maybe your, your client's buying something on a lake or on, on the ocean, on an inlet, maybe up in the Puget Sound. And they have a yacht. They have a large boat. And they want to, and the, your buyer wants to buy it along with the home. First, unlikely going to happen because of the, the value of something like that is so extreme. Even if it does, you should not do it for your buyer. Not with the realty. You want these things to be separate because if the lender comes, allows it and combines these items together it will go on the title together and the lender will have long-term claim against things like the yacht the the boat that's worth you know thirty thousand which that's not an expensive boat nowadays i know before i start getting comments about well thirty thousand dollars not an expensive boat it would be to me but for a lot of people, $30,000, not an expensive boat nowadays. I mean, skiing boats and things, are, they're crazy how much money they run. Okay, so just be aware. You don't want them together. Even if it is allowed by the seller that they're willing to give it up to make the deal, you want to buy, have the home as the negotiated contract separately completely, and you can negotiate this separately on a private contract, and maybe it's a gift contract, they are giving your buyer the boat or whatever that item is. By the way, take a minute, hit that, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button to open up the Guru Members Only events. Don't forget, Wednesday we are starting down that path on a specialized training on building your personal business plan. 
on the Guru Members Only events. Okay, let's move on to, to our next next item, which is farm items and equipment. Farm items and equipment. Now we're getting specialized. I mean, there's tools and then there's tools because these kind of tools, they can really be a lot of money. I mean, they can be tractors and combines and all kinds of farm equipment that may be unique to the place they're buying for sure. But let's be clear, the tractor is not part of the realty. The tractor, let me be clear, is not part of the realty. You may want to negotiate for it separately. I, as I already said, you don't want them on the same title to get tied together because the lender would have reason to call back to that item and ask, where is it? Particularly if a foreclosure happened. But when, this is not the day for that. So far, farm equipment can be crazy expensive. And talk about, you know, we're talking about tools of the trade. Talk about specialized tools of the trade for plowing fields, tilling something in, tilling it under, pulling other equipment. This is expensive equipment, and but it's so intriguing for the buyer to want it. Now, rarely, rarely, in fact, for me, it's a never thing. Have I ever found a seller say that they're giving their farm equipment up with the home? It just, it doesn't happen because of the expense of that particular equipment. So when writing the contract, if you're writing things into it, then include things like tools of the trade, farm equipment, collectibles. You That contract is, is likely to get a counter or a rejection right out because people don't want to give those kinds of things up. These are unique items that they have taken time to acquire and at huge expense. Very, very difficult. Difficult to acquire them, expensive to acquire them, and often a special talent to even use some of these items. Your buyer, not that they couldn't come up with that talent, but could be difficult even to say if they have, I mean, a, a MIG welder. Are they a welder? I'm not a welder. I would have no reason to have to have something that would do that kind of welding or any kind of welding at all. By the way, I hope you're having a good time this morning. It's a Monday and it's the last day of January. We are heading in, we're already headed into February where the thoughts of spring, I guarantee you, are coming fast. Take a sip of coffee here and slow down a little. My wife just bought me two fig trees. We've been in the middle of a windstorm out here in the Columbia River Gorge. You know, the 80-mile-an-hour windstorm and the, the poor little trees, I, I had to put them over in the shop until weather clears a little bit and we can get them in the ground. But, yes, the thoughts of spring are already in the air. And let me tell you, you've got to be preparing your clients for what is to come. We have multiple offers going on on all of our properties going on right now. This is just incredible. It's January. I've heard the economists say that it's going to be slightly slower in 22 than it was in 21. I don't see it yet. I'm sure they're overall going to be right. 
But right now what I'm seeing is, is that we are on fire building the business for 22 because everything has multiple offers already. Just our, our client just got done losing an offer out on something that had over a dozen other offers on it. This was a typical home. This was a bread and butter home. Just did a video on bread and butter homes and how hot bread and butter homes are because almost everybody in the market can afford them. That's difficult. You've got to know your market. You've got to know the market to advise your clients. To build your business this year, you've got to know the market. You've got to know how to negotiate the items in the contract so you're not being slapped out, out there with a rejection right away. Nobody wants that. Your client doesn't want it and you don't want it. You've already shown your clients, you know, 20, 30 homes out there in the market. You'd like them to land on something that they can actually, you know, buy and you can slow down the path of having to show them all the homes. And, and I know showing homes can actually be fun. It really can be. But after you've shown somebody 20, 30 homes, you'd like them to land on something that they win the offer. How do you win an offer? You don't include things like collectibles in the offer to purchase. That is a quick way to lose or at least get a counter. It's not always about the money. You've, you're the professional. I, I believe so strongly in the people that I work with and you as a professional in this industry. You wanted into real estate. You love real estate. I believe strongly in your ability. But sometimes it's difficult to know how to advise the client. When they want something so bad, they want the picture on the wall or the collectible thing in the house, and they want to include it in, in the contract. They want the, the tractor or the lawn tractor, things like this, that simply should not be included. And in fact, in a seller's market where there's a thousand buyers and a very few amount of sellers, it's a quick pathway. Get, get this now. It's a quick pathway to losing your offer for the buyer. We all know you lose an offer for a buyer unless you have a pretty good relationship. That can be a quick path to losing your client. Understand the motives of your client and you need to understand how to explain how to win the contract. And winning the contract doesn't usually mean including collectibles or tools of the trade in the contract. You might include things like a washer and dryer, even though I usually say, don't include it. It's personality. Don't include things like a washer and dryer. If you do, you put it in there at no cost, at no value, excuse me, at no value. Washer and dryer to be included in the contract at no value. Even if they have value, you put it in there, at, at, it's being considered at no value. That's how you negotiate items in the contract and you get it in there. Even though the fewer things, let's be clear here, the fewer things you have to put into the contract 
that are personal to you, the more likely you are to not upset the seller in a seller's market where they're having a dozen offers come at them and you are in competition. Let's remember, you're in competition in multiple ways on those contracts. It's not just money. It's closing. Of course, it's money, but it's also closing dates. It's also the things included in the contracts. It's also repairs. It's the entire package. Everybody thinks it's only money to be negotiated in the contract until they actually get the contracts, the offers in front of them, and they say, well, what does this one want? And there's a span of money, and you can line them up by money. And then you can realign them by closing dates. And you can realign them by the things they wanted. And the seller immediately will say, they they actually want me to leave my tools of the trade, my my trade, the things, how I make a living. Okay, that one's off the table completely. Move that one along. It, they may cut it irrespective of the price just because it was insulting that they wanted that included. Now, I would always tell them, hold on, but let's not cut. We can always counter, always counter. But you know how sellers are. They get insulted at these kind of things. So we have to be careful about the insult that we're causing. All right. We are daily building your business. This is an exciting business, but it takes a lot of skills, skills that you have and skills that you have had in the past, but might need to sharpen them with the year 22 edge. That is a powerful thing to do, to understand the tools and skill sets you had in the past. And that you want to bring them forward and resharpen them with the skills of today. Because let me tell you, the skills of the past are important. But there's, the edge that you sharpen them with today is different. It's a different edge. It changes every year. Every year, our skills get rehoned. They get resharpened. They have to to stay up with the market trends of what's going on. To that end, we have a course called Kickstarter. We have it right. The address is right here. And the Kickstarter course is on fire for building your business and getting clients into your pocket. They come in as a lead. They get persuaded over to become a client. That is important. That is a skill set that is imperative to have in your pocket for the year 22. And how do you do that? How do you transfer a lead into a client? That is a difficult thing to do. We all know that because we meet people all the time and say, I'm interested in real estate and buying something, but they're not your client. And how do you make them your client? How do you negotiate that into a full-on relationship that now will become not just a relationship for this transaction, but a relationship that in three to five years 
it is returning business and they're referring you to friends. And in about three years, you have enough returning business that at least half of your business is coming through referral. And that's what you want. That's the hardest business that you'll ever do is create a new relationship. That's hard. I'll admit it right up front. That's hard. The easiest thing you'll ever do is get referral business because you already have a relationship with these people. You know, negotiating the home is one level. We talked today about negotiating items. Simultaneously, you are negotiating the relationship. And that will be your power for the future of building your business. Your future relies stringently upon your ability to capture the relationship, the motives of your client, capture this and build your business. I'm here every day to help you build your business. We have coaching programs and we have a course that you can go to. Our coaching programs are one-on-one, -on -one, old fashioned, one-on-one -on -one coaching with the sharp skill sets of today. Let's build your business bigger than you ever could have dreamed. I'm your real estate guru. This is Real Estate Daily. I'll be talking to you tomorrow.